all-time low. I mean, if you look over the last two years, uh, riots, people burning people's homes, businesses, all kinds of things, just because they got angry. And, uh, and, and if you look at the road rage incidents that are up in our community, uh, that's gone crazy as well. And so people are just no respect. I mean, and we'll get on the Internet and say anything to anybody. You know, you won't say it face-to-face because they might punch you, shoot you, or do whatever, but we'll get on the Internet and uh, think that they can't track us down. In case you're one of those people that thinks they can't track you down, if they want to, they can, all right? The, the police can. So just understand that. But, we, but respect is something that's really gone. We've lost respect for our institutions. We've lost respect, whether it's education, whether it's the news media. We don't even trust our doctors anymore. This vaccine thing this year has caused a mistrust in our doctors. So, I mean, if you can't go to your doctor and trust what he's saying because he might say something that a politician has said something against, that's crazy to me. And, uh, and so it, it's just gone, it's gone nuts. And so, uh, but let me, let me make a, a couple statements. One, I think our nation is the greatest nation that's ever been on the planet. I, I think we're going in the wrong direction uh, right now, but uh, we're a great nation. We're not perfect. But I've traveled to enough other countries that I kiss the dirt when I get back here. And, uh, you know, people can, can talk about what they want, but, you know, in, in South Africa, where I love, I love the country of South Africa, they have no food stamps. They have no financial aid. If you don't work, you just starve. And uh, we did church in a squatter camp of 40,000 people with no running water in the whole place. And we were running a generator for our church building. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, we live in a great place. Everybody has equal opportunity here. And, uh, and so, but, it, but it's far from perfect. But people have lost respect, even for our country. Uh, history teachers or social studies teachers are trying to teach that we're a bad nation, you know, and, and have done things. But let me tell you, we've built more hospitals, more orphanages, more colleges around the world than any nation in the world. And it's not the government, it's the people. That's who make up the United States of America. But I believe we are uh, going in the wrong direction. We've lost this, this respect for each other, and we've turned away from God in our country, and we need to turn back. And, uh, and so uh, we've, we've seen onslaught of attacks, not just uh, against the system, uh, you know, but law enforcement. You know, in our jail, we're 128 employees short. That's how many openings. If you're looking for a job, you can pass a background check. The jail is hiring. If you know anybody looking for a job, it's air conditioned. It's got great benefits. And, uh, you know, 30 years, you quit with the same thing you're making. You know, you walk away and don't take a pay cut. But, but 100 and, 128 openings there, and, and that's all over the country. Uh, New Orleans Police Department, they were talking about that on the radio this morning, about how they're shorthanded. You should have 330 to 380 uh, officers per 100,000 people, and they're under 300 officers per 100,000 people. And, uh, and that's not, that doesn't help things. And so that's been because of this onslaught, this lack of respect for police. I can remember the years when, when you had the Baton Rouge shooting and they were ambushing police officers. We had family members coming together with their children and saying, you've got to get out of this line of work. Doing like an like a intervention like you would for an alcoholic or a drug addict and and doing that. So we've got all kinds of stuff. But the Bible makes it clear as Christians that respect is one of the values that we've got to have. 
It's, it's, it's a key thing for families. It's a key thing for uh, a, a stable life to be built on, and it's the framework for a civilized society. Without respect, there is no civilized society. And so we want to look at that a little bit tonight. And, uh, and because, you know, without respect, our culture, our society is going to collapse. And so I want to look at who, should, who we should respect. I want to look at how we respect and why we should respect them, okay? And so let's just start out. Who should we respect? And we're all older in here, but I'm going to say parents. Parents. It's the fifth, fifth commandment. I almost said fifth amendment. It's the fifth commandment. And, uh, and matter of fact, God said it this way. Honor your father and mother. Honor them. And even as an adult, I honored my mother. I honored my father. Now, I obeyed them when I was younger, you know, and submitted to them when I was younger. But as I grew older, I, I, I didn't always maybe do what they said, but I honored them uh, as who they were. And, and then he says this. There's a promise with it. Then you'll live a long and full life in the land. You know, my mother lived to be 99, and she had a father that was hard on her. And she had a, she had a stepmom that threw her out when her dad died. And, and yet I never knew that stepmom threw her and her younger sister out until I was an adult long after my grandmother had died. Granny Pearl was always the grandmother I knew. My mother never dishonored her, never said anything bad about her. And even when, when she told me that they'd gotten put out, she said, well, she had five children of her own that she had to feed. They didn't have welfare and food stamps back then. We're talking in the 50s and stuff, and you know, in 40s. And, and so she, ne she never harbored, never dishonored her, and, and she lived to be 99. So that's a lesson for some of us. But we need to honor our parents because it'll, we'll live a long life. Church leaders is another one, second blank. Uh, you know, Hebrews says this, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. And... Um, and so that's another one. Spouses. In different places through the Bible, it talks about husbands and wives. Both should respect each other. Uh, anyone in authority is the next one. Anyone in authority. I'm going to read a passage for you. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, this, this always goes over like a lead balloon in the jail when I preach it. But Romans 13, it says this. Everyone must submit to the governing authority. All of us. I might not like them. But I've got to submit to them. It says, for all authority, what? Comes from God. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't like that guy. I don't like this, but he, he was put there by God. This was written during the days of Nero. He was killing Christians for sport. And Paul's writing, all authority comes from God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they'll be punished. For well, the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. He said, would you like to live without fear of the authorities? How many of you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what's right. Do what's right. Now, sometimes there's a little bit of fear and, uh, because, you know, you can be going to speed limit. What happens if you see a police car run up behind you? You slow down. And uh, by the way, that aggravates them because usually they just want to get around you and go somewhere, but... Uh, but, we, but do what's right, he says, and they'll honor you. These authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But you're doing wrong, of course. You should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. So God has given them the power. We teach this in our academy when we train deputies now uh, because one of the guys that was on that uh, had, 
had been involved in a shooting where he had to kill uh, somebody who was trying to kill him, and, uh, and it was really messing with him until he found out that God is the one where his authority comes from. And, uh, and so, so you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but to keep a clear conscience. And here's the verse of this I don't like. Pay your taxes. Why did Paul put that in there? So Chrissy would have a job. Where's Chrissy? Uh, you know, but, but pay your taxes. And so he goes on, so give everyone what you owe and pay your taxes and government fees. Uh, I don't know if he meant as many taxes as we're paying, but to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. So we're to honor anyone in authority. And then just in case I left someone out, fill this blank in, we're to respect everyone. Show respect to everyone. Look at 2 Peter 2.17. Respect everyone. That's Greek for everyone. Love your fellow believers, honor God, and respect the emperor who once again is a bad guy, Roman emperor, you know. So everybody he's saying is worthy of respect. And, and, and we all want to get respected. So today we're going to look at how to give and get respect. Now, write this down. To get respect, you've got to give respect. To get respect, you've got to give respect. It's, the old, it's like a wheel. What goes around comes around. What you sow, you'll reap. If you give respect, you'll get respect. If you give disrespect, what's coming back to you? disrespect. And so uh, to get respect, you've got to give it. So why do I need to treat everyone with respect? So we're going to look at four reasons real quick. One, we should treat everyone with respect because God made everyone. I mean, God looks at that knucklehead that you're so mad at, and he said, I, I made that one. I love him. I sent Jesus to die for him. Look what Psalmist says said, you made them inferior only to yourself. You crowned them with glory and honor. He made us human beings, Adam. See, he said everything was good when he did creation. When he created human beings, he said it was very good. It was very good. See, everybody's created by God, and God doesn't make junk, and he didn't start making junk when he made you or when he made that person that you don't feel like is worthy of respect. Listen, no one is worthless. No one is worthless. No matter what they've done, God created them, and he said, that one I love. And so number two, we're to treat everyone with respect. Kind of alluded to it, because Jesus died for everyone. Not only did God create them, Jesus paid the ransom. Look at Peter, 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you. And it was the precious life, the precious blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That was the price. See, God sent Jesus to pay the ransom. So Jesus died for our sins. Let me tell you, he died for that person's sin that is totally unworthy. You, you, you might not have liked Trump. You may not like Biden. But guess what? Jesus died for both of them. He died for both of them. And so we've got we've to treat people with respect because of that. Number three, we're to treat everyone with respect because it shows I know God. We want to be a light in a dark world. God has called us to make a difference around where we are. And it shows people that we know God. Why? 1 John 4, 8 says this, But if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows he doesn't know God. So if I'm being hateful and mean, and nasty, all it's doing is saying, that dude don't know who the Lord is. Think about it. 
for God is love. See, love treats people with respect. And if you look at, if you look at life like Jesus did, he always treated people with respect. Even his enemies who were trying to kill him, he treated with respect. He wasn't rude. He wasn't demeaning. He treated them with respect. And so if I say I love Jesus and he's living in me, I'm going to treat people the way Jesus did. I'm going to value them. I'm going to treat them with dignity and respect. Look what Paul says about it. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it, talking about love, is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. keeps no record of wrong. He said it's not rude. So if we're not being rude to people we, because uh, it shows that we know God. So if we're showing that we love people, we're not rude to them. We're, we're other things. I mean, rudeness is disrespect. And when we're rude to other people, we're telling them that they aren't important. I'm the only one important. Anybody got some things that drive you crazy? I wrote some down. People who call and ask, who is this? Before they tell you who you are, who they are. You know, they'll call up and say, who is this? It's like, dude, you call me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that right? You know, uh, or now it's the computer that doesn't say anything. Or people who call and don't leave a message. That drives me nuts. And because uh, I get tons of calls, and I tend to call the ones back that leave a message. People who honk their horn in a traffic jam, even though there's nowhere to go. It's just like, why in the world are you blowing that horn? Or, uh, you know, people who cut me off in traffic. Anybody besides me? That drives me crazy. People who won't let me merge in traffic, but they speed up to keep me from getting up. Pastor Kathy, you say, why don't you turn your blinker on? Because watch this. When I do, they're going to speed up to keep me from getting over. Now, here's the deal. My car's got 242,000 miles on it. It's paid for. If you see my blinker, don't you speed up because I'm coming over. <laughs> Mine's paid for. you got payments left on yours, all right? And so, um, so anyway, but, but uh, you know, people who take more than 10 items through the express lane. Is there anybody besides me? You get in line at Winn-Dixie and somebody's got a basket full and it says five items, you know, or whatever. It drives me crazy. Uh, or junk mail. How about that? Yep, all right. Uh, people who leave church early during the altar time. Oh, I didn't put that one in there, did I? Okay. We'll be having an altar time, and inevitably, I'll say four or five times, this isn't the time to leave. People get up and leave. Uh, people who steal a parking spot when I was heading for it or waiting on it with my blinker on, and the car's kind of in my way, and the other one, anybody besides me? I mean, it makes you want to ram somebody, doesn't it? And then number one, spam calls. Now, we even got to treat them right. Now, I, I made a statement. Maybe I need to start telling them about Jesus. And so Cheryl did, and, uh, and, and Cheryl cooked a wonderful meal for us tonight. And, uh, but she did, so the guy called her up. She was telling me earlier, and uh, he's, he's saying, I, I need to tell you some stuff. She said, first of all, i got a question for you. Uh, do, you know, do you know Jesus? Click. <laughs> yeah, that happened a couple of times. And one said, Oh, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And so she said, well, I'll listen to what you've got to say then. You know, but, uh, but anyway, so, you know, it, uh, you know, anyway, I don't know where that came from. But <laughs> spam calls, I hate them. We've got to treat those people with, with respect. It don't matter if you hit the nine to don't call me back. They're going to call you back. So just everybody, we just all need to start asking them if they know Jesus. Number four, we're to treat everyone with respect because we get back what we give out. It's that wheel. It's that wheel. It's the law of the harvest. What you sow, you're going to reap. 
If I give respect, I'm going to get respect eventually. It's just a, it's a law. And so if you want people to smile at you, what do you do? You smile back. I know people that say, I get in fights all the time when I was in school. I never had people fight. Why? Because, hey, man, what's up? You know, I'm always friendly. You, you, and, uh, and, and so I don't look at you with a scowl when I'm walking up on you. You know, and, uh, and, and so if you want something, you give it so you get it back. And Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be under any illusion. You can't make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows. I'm not sure why that didn't get separated. It's my fault. But a man's harvest will depend entirely on what he sows. If he sows his own lower nature, his harvest will be the decay and death of his own nature. If he sows for the spirit, he will reap a harvest of everlasting life by that spirit. Let us not grow tired of doing good. For unless we throw in our hand, the ultimate harvest is assured. Let us do good to all men as opportunity offers, especially those who belong in the Christian household. So uh, we've got to understand our harvest is what, is what our life is going to depend on. What we sow is what we will reap. And so do you, you do yourself a favor when you give respect to other people. Proverbs eleven seventeen, Solomon said this, your kindness will reward you. When you're kind to people, you get rewarded. Why? Because they're kind back. Maybe not that person, but somebody will. You'll get it back. You'll get it back. So how, how do we show respect? So those are some reasons why. How do we, how do we show respect to each other? Uh, number one, write this down. You show respect when you speak by being tactful, not just truthful. A big way we show respect is how we talk, and, and we, we should be tactful. Uh, and and uh, as, along with truthful. Proverbs 15.4 says, kind words bring life. I'm, we need to speak life into people, but cruel words crush a person's spirit. So when, when you're cruel, you might feel better. You might walk away feeling a little bit better, but you've just crushed somebody and you hadn't moved any closer to your goal. He's talking about being tactful. Tactfulness is a quality we won't hear a lot about today because it's missing badly. Uh, it, it's not about how, what you say. Tactfulness is about how you say it. Uh, you get a lot more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. I think that was a mama saying or something, you know. And, and so tactfulness is how we say something. And it determines how that message is received. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, you might have a wrong tone and uh, your husband or wife gets a little offended at your tone even though you were saying something that wasn't offensive, but how you said it, guys will get you in trouble. So just remember. Uh, somebody said tactfulness is the emotional lubrication of life. It's like oil in a car. And, uh, and uh, so because it reduces friction. It's the key to a happy home, happy marriage, getting along with other people. It's also the key to strong friendships. Uh, I like this one. Uh, people with tact have less to retract. <laughs> How many of y'all like eating your words? Speak with a lot of tactfulness, and you won't have to eat as many of them, all right? Uh, uh, you know, tactfulness uh, is when somebody tells you to jump off a cliff in a way that makes you look forward to the trip. You know, I've, I've had people that if I've had a conversation with, and about 15 minutes later, I went, man, they were just giving me some correction, you know, but it didn't hit you automatically. Or they were just saying... They didn't like what I just did, you know, but they said it 
in a nice way. So it kind of makes you look like look forward to the trip. It helps you make a point without making an enemy, and that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, um, it's speaking the truth in love, as the Bible says. Now, a lot of people confuse uh, rudeness and frankness. We think we just got to be frank. They say stuff like, well, I just say it like it is. I just say it like it is and let, let the chips fall on me where they are, you know. Uh, what that says is, I, I don't care about you. I don't care about your feelings. I don't, you know, it's all about me. And uh, I don't care if I embarrass you. I'm just going to tell it like it is. Had a friend of mine used to be like that. I said, John, just because it pops in your brain don't mean it's got to come out your lips. And, uh, and so sometimes we need uh, to not be quite so frank. Matter of fact, when, most of the time when people are saying, I'm just speak it like it is, they're not being frank. They're being rude and, uh, and mean-spirited. And We don't need to be that. As Christians, we do not need to mean that. Frankness is telling people the truth in a kind and loving, but not a condescending way. And uh, so, you know, if you want to be frank with somebody, say, why am I saying this? Why do I want to say this? Is it to meet some need of mine or is it to help them? And, and so we need, to, we need to make sure we do that. Number two way we show respect. You show respect when you're, this is going to step, oh, this is getting personal. When you're served by being understanding and not demanding. Is anybody besides me, you've ever been out to eat with somebody and you say, I never want to eat out with that person again because of the way they treated the wait staff? I'm related to some of them. And, 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 and so you show respect when you're served by being understanding and not demanding. I think it's one of the big tests of our character. How do we treat people who are helping us? It might be a waitress. It might be an employee or an assistant, secretary, whoever, clerk. When they're doing something for you, how are you treating them? Are you being demanding? You know, or, uh, you know, are you being understanding? We need to be understanding. We need to be understanding. We need to uh, be understanding and not demanding. I know one boss, one guy I read about, he, he would take potential employees to his company out to eat to watch how they interacted with the waitresses or waiters at lunch. And that played a big role in whether they got the job. He said, if they mistreat a waitress, they don't have the character that I want in my company. I mean, think about that. And, uh, and so, you know, if they'll talk that way to a waitress, they'll talk that way to a secretary or somebody else. And so here's what Jesus said. Do to others as you would have them to do to you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The golden rule, right? Treat them the way. Not do it to them before they do it to you. Do it to them as you would have them do it to you. Does anybody here want to be treated rude? No. We always should treat people the way we want to be treated. Somebody one time said rudeness is a weak man's imitation of strength. Rudeness is a weak man's imitation of strength. It doesn't take intelligence to be rude. It, it, it's like profanity. It doesn't take any IQ to curse. Matter of fact, it shows you have a very limited vocabulary. And, uh, and, and so, you know, when you curse, it doesn't show strength. It, you know, it, it shows lack of intelligence. But on the other hand, it takes good character and strength and understanding not to be demeaning to somebody who's maybe struggling to help you or whatever. So the, let me just tell you, the secret to good service is to treat people the way you want to be treated and tip them well as part of it. Hey, look, when I go in places that I go in regular, I don't have any trouble with waiters or waitresses because they've learned. They've learned. 
dude that comes in here with her, he tips real good. And, uh, and so, uh, and he's nice. You know, we get, we're, we're always uh, chit-chatting. And so you want to do that. You know, you don't know what that waitress is going through. She might have kids at home that she's worried about, and she's working her second job. A lot of the waitresses are, I find. And, uh, and, and so they're working a second job. They might be a single mother working a second job, and they're stressed, and they're worried about it. And, and we've just been through two years where waitresses aren't making more, and that's why I tip real good. Uh, it's not because I'm wealthy. I want to be a blessing to somebody who's had it harder than I have. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, but be concerned about these people. I mean, maybe, maybe the last three people were rude and stiffer, and, and, and now you get her, and she's, she's just kind of like not happy, but you get an opportunity. I get caught. If you pamper me as a waitress, I'm a good tipper. But then the one comes along that's just nasty. And so I still get caught because God says, well, maybe if you'll be nice to her, she'll be nice to the next one. And so you, a lot of times we'll, do, we'll get around that by asking, is there something we can pray for you about? We'll always do that. And then, but a lot of times we'll just want to bless you and put it on there with a good tip. And now we put a little red Bible with that. And hopefully helping their day get a little bit better. So how, how we treat people who are waiting on us. Number three. You show respect when you disagree by being gentle and not judgmental. We used to could disagree and not be disagreeable. We used to could disagree and not hate each other and not say you're a bad person because you don't believe the way I believe. No, you're just different. God created us different. And, uh, and we've got to get back to that. You know, um, listen, in our culture, there's a lot I don't like. There's a lot of stuff going on that is contrary to the Bible's teaching in our schools, in our culture. But our culture is saying this is right when the Bible says that's wrong. Just like the Word of God says in the last days, what is good will be called bad and bad will be called good. That's going on. Drives me crazy. Makes me angry. But we've got to treat people with respect. So how do we treat them? I mean, what, what if that person's my neighbor or a co-worker or a relative you know, they've made a life child choice I disagree with. And how are we supposed to react? I want to give you a couple of keys that will help you with that. One is we've got to remember everybody is accountable. They're accountable for them to the Lord. For their attitudes, their words, and their actions. Everyone is accountable. Second thing is, there, is I'm not God. I'm not God, so they're not accountable to me. It's not my job to go around policing lost people. People will say, hey, these people are acting such and such. Yeah, they're lost. That's the way lost people act. This doesn't need to be the way we act as believers of Christ. So I'm not God. They're not accountable to me. It is my job to introduce them to the Lord if I can, but not to police them. Look what Paul said in Romans 14, 12. He said, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's not condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will cause, not cause another believer to stumble and fall. You know, years ago, I was working in hospital work, and, you know, I've, I've never really drank, and, and uh, I grew up in a dry county, so it was moonshine, which will kill you, uh, you know, or, or nothing. So uh, I would be a designated driver sometime after work until I had a fifth grader who'd been in rehab for alcohol. And I quit going anywhere where there, that was primarily a drinking place, just driving guys around. Why? Because I didn't want that fifth grader to 
to see me coming out of a bar. He didn't know I'd been drinking Diet Coke. Think about it. We need to live in a way that doesn't cause someone else to stumble. And, uh, and so uh, we need to live in a way that won't cause another believer to stumble. And, and, and our, you know, Paul's talking about meat a lot of times, but in our culture it's, it's alcohol and it's, uh, you know, stuff like that. And so um, we don't want to cause somebody to stumble. We had an incident one time where we were uh, going to see a Christian play and, and a group of people that were going to that play, somebody in that group decided they're going to have a glass of wine. But they didn't realize two people in that group were in recovery. And they, they came to us and said, I thought we were like trying to help each other get off of this stuff. And, and they were drinking. They never came back to our church. I don't know what happened to them. And, uh, and so, you know, we don't want to cause somebody to stumble and fall. It's a big difference between telling the truth and con being condemning or judgmental. And, uh, and so, um, you know, judgment is when you take the truth and you beat somebody over the head with it. Makes you feel superior to them, and, and, uh, and that's just what judgment is. Uh, you know, it, we're, what we're supposed to do is tell people the truth to help them, to lead them to faith in Christ, lift them up, not tear them down. In other words, look at this one. You can disagree with somebody without being disagreeable. We can, be di we can disagree without being disagreeable. And what I don't like in society today is too often... Two people can disagree, then it's got to get personal, then people get angry, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and so, hey, look, you can disagree without being disagreeable. You don't have to devastate somebody to, to disagree, and you can be right about an issue, but you can, you can argue your side in love and with respect, and, and here's the thing. One day you'll be in heaven, and one of you is going to find out you were wrong, and the other one's going to find out you're right. And, uh, and so, and you can't argue a person into heaven either. You know, so you, you're sure not going to get them into heaven beating them up verbally. And uh, although, you know, I did read where Nicky Cruz, talking about Teen Challenge, right after he got saved, he's walking around with, he had his big Bible, and this guy's going, Nicky, Nicky, got your Bible, Nicky. And uh, Nicky got him and beat him up put a 357 in his mouth and he said you better pray to receive Jesus or you're going to meet him right now and so the guy prayed to receive Jesus he said he never stuck around for discipleship I don't know why but um, anyway that's not the way to do it y'all but <laughs> anyway hey look you can disagree without being disagreeable Jesus is watching us to see how we will treat the people he died for Think about it. The least of these. Jesus said, when you did it, to the least of these. He's watching to see how we're going to treat people who are powerless, who are less powerful as, as, than us. He's looking. Are we going to be gentle? You know, even the worst of the worst. Jesus died for everyone. I mean, I know serial killers that have accepted Christ. Guess what? They're going to be in heaven. You might not like it, but they're going to be there. So he's watching. Are we going to be gentle or judgmental? Four, you show respect when you share your faith by respecting people and not rejecting them. Peter said this in 1 Peter 3.15, Quietly trust yourself to Christ your Lord, and if anybody asks you to believe, why you believe as you do, 
Be ready to tell him, but do it in a gentle and respectful way. Do it in a don't beat them up with the gospel. Don't don't tell them what a wicked, evil person they are. Man, I've seen so many people we've had over the years come to Rivard or somewhere. Pastor Kathy said, "I want you to share your testimony." They'll do good for a little bit, and all of a sudden, but you got to repent or you're going to burn, you know, and they'll just get off on this. That don't win anybody to Jesus. I'm sorry. And, uh, and, and so you do it in a gentle and respectful way. Do what's right. Then if men speak against you, calling you evil names, they'll be ashamed of themselves for falsely accusing. Listen, we got to do what God's called us to do. People are going to talk about us when we do, but if we're doing and living the way God's called us, they're going to ones going to be ashamed. And so we want to share the love of God with people. You can't, you can't do that turn or burn thing, you know. And, and one of the reasons, if you go down in the quarter and all during Mardi Gras witnessing, uh, sometimes you've got people who will throw drinks on you. And there's a reason they do that. Because you've had people down there with bullhorns telling them they're all going to hell for being out at a Mardi Gras parade. And uh, that doesn't win. What does win is going down there and doing some some skits and showing the love of God to people because, you know, the hurting people will find the people that are open to helping the hurting people. And that's the ones you want. So James uh, 1.20 said, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So when I go out angry witnessing, that's not helping anybody. So show respect by being respectful of people and not rejecting them. Listen, I love this story. I told you all this a few weeks ago. When one of Billy Graham's daughters uh, went through a very public divorce, and I mean, she had to get out of a car in the middle of an intersection, and and uh, and it was caught on TV, and and she said, you know, you, nobody wants to embarrass their parents, but when you embarrass your dad is Billy Graham. I mean, that's awful. And she's driving home to see him for the first time, and she goes up the mountain, the curvy driveway to their house, and she pulls up in the house, and her dad is standing out there his arms out she gets out of the car and he just hugs her and says, I love you I'm so glad you're home that's a picture of God that's a picture of God and and that is what we want to be for believers you show for unbelievers you show respect when people are rude to you when you respond politely you don't retaliate by being rude back I'm not saying be a doormat and let them uh, you know it's you don't always let evil rule over you, but you don't have to do it rude. You can be firm, uh, you know. And uh, Romans twelve seventeen said, "Don't repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the sides in the eyes of everybody. Don't be overcome by evil. Stand firm, but overcome evil with good." And um, you know, so uh, you you want to do that. A kid named Tim's little league team had just gotten beat by another team. I told you all the story when I got beat real bad by a team. I chewed out a referee. You know, this kid responded much better than the Sunday school teacher at Williams Boulevard Baptist did that time. He, one of the players told him, your team sucked. And Tim stuck his hand out and said, man, you pitched a great game. Congratulations, and walked off. Man, that kid was like Jesus that day. That kid, his parents had taught him right. And, uh, and how does that happen? His family practiced it, and they taught it, and, it, and it's going to be carried on. And that's why when Exodus says, honor your father and mother, that's where respect starts. Why do we not have respect in our culture? Because our parents have not taught their children 
respect. They've not respected them. They've not seen respect in the home. And, uh, and it, because it all starts at home. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't say honor their parenting skills. I know we got parents that have no business being honored. We honor them. Uh, you know, they may have been abusive. We honor them. I, you know, I was, I was counseling a couple in the Marines a while back. And I'm walking before they close this base. I'm walking with them. And, and all these guys, I mean, I couldn't have a conversation because everybody's going, sir, <laughs> sir. They're walking around. I mean, just guys that stop and salute, and these guys that have to salute. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what these things on your shoulders are, but what are y'all? And they said, well, we're, we're majors. I said, you're a major in the Marine Corps, and you're letting this 13-year-old beat y'all to death? He said, Marines listen a lot better than a 13-year-old. Honor your father and mother. And so that's where it begins. Honor your father and mother. You honor that position, just like those people, those guys coming along were honoring what was on that man's shoulders and that woman's shoulders. They were honoring that rank. We need to honor that. And we've lost that. We, we, don't, do, we don't honor the office of the president anymore. We stopped doing that with the last guy in particular. And, and, uh, and so now it's just carrying on. We don't honor... You know, the governor. We don't honor people in authority. Guys, as Christians, we, we've got to do that. And, and we show each other honor. And, uh, and so we want, to, we, want to, we want to be a people that brings honor to people. So where does respect begin? It begins, I know y'all been wondering if I was going to fill in that last blank. It begins at home. It begins at home. You start respecting each other. Show respect to each other, even in, in church with your children. That don't mean, you know, that kids get their way. Respecting your child is not letting them get their way. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Kathy, one time my grandkids were begging for my phone, to play with my phone. No. 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 Well, you're not playing with my phone, kid. I love you, but you're not. She'd go, what happened to fun grandpa? I said, not with his technology. So, you know, I love them. Do anything but let them play with my phone. Uh, but you know, you, you don't have. They don't. That don't mean they rule the house. But you show respect. That means you don't say, "Hey, tell them I'm not home." Anybody ever heard, done that? Don't raise your hand. You don't want to convict the guilty. And uh, and so we want to do that. You know, um, I would say if if you're at odds with your parents or with even you know. You know, my I lost, mom died, you know, last November 16th. But I was able to be with her before she died. And I got to say, and we said to each other, everything we needed to say. There's nothing left unsaid to my mother when she went to heaven. You don't want somebody you love to die with some things unsaid. So go ahead and get them said. And, uh, and make those relationships right. I just want to close in prayer. Chrissy will play softly. And, you know, God will help us to respect those who might not be respectable, to show honor. He'll help us to make those relationships we need to make right, right. It starts by inviting Jesus into your heart.